Shalom, shalom, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. We are reading from the New King James Version Bible, and if you do not own that Bible, remember, get online and you can find it for free at Blue Letter Bible or Bible Hub, and your phone can get a free app to download. So that is there's no excuse. <laughs> you can follow along, or if you're a better audio listener, you can also just listen. I pray, Father God, opens our eyes, ears, and heart to his truth and his truth alone, and let's begin. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now, Let's stop here. Canaan was the name which they called modern-day Israel. The Canaanites, and, and Canaan means lowland, and the people who settled it, they think, are the fourth son of Ham. Remember um, Abraham's sons, Seth, Japheth, I'm sorry, Shem, Haf, Japheth, and Ham. So one of his descendants settled this area, and it's from the place from which the modern-day Palestinians descend. Now, who did they say? Who did Yahweh just say right here is he giving that land to? To whom is he giving that land? To Israel. So the Palestinians did inhabit that land at one point. But it is not Palestine's land. It is not. That land belongs to Israel. And, of course, We've referenced this a few times, but Israel got cast out of the land, as was prophesied through prophets like Hosea and other prophets, um, Ezekiel. But they will come back, and Yahweh Elohim promises to give that land to his children again. And so the modern-day struggle you see between the Palestinians and the Israelites is actually a very ancient struggle. Because here you see the Philistines, the Palestinians inhabiting the land, but yet here's the Israelites going to come in and take that land from them. And no, it's not cruel. And no, it's not prejudiced. And no, it's not racist. It was ordained and established by a father, Yahweh. So just remember that because I have heard some believers get a soft heart to the Philistines, Palestinians, which Philistines are the modern-day Palestinians, and they get a soft heart, and they start thinking it's wrong what Israel's doing. Now, the modern, many of the modern people in Israel are not following Yahweh, just like they didn't in the ancient times. But it doesn't mean that that land belongs to the Palestinians. It will belong to Israel again, as prophesied in Scripture. So, I just wanted to point that out, because it's... It's just something that I hear a lot of people speak naively on. And um, I also want to point out here, everyone who was the leader here, so you notice they picked a leader from each tribe. So it's like it's, um, it's similar to the word for chief or prince or captain or leader. So these are people who are kind of heads of each tribe. Okay, so let's continue reading. Verse 3. So Moshe sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of Yahweh, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So they were leaders or heads. Now these were their names from the tribe of Reuben, 
Shammua the son of Zakur, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat the son of Hori, I love the word Shaphat, it means judgment, it's amazing, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, please stop right there, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh was a keen Ezite, Caleb was not a blood Jew, but here he is listed as the leader of the tribe of Judah. Here is one of our first showings that God doesn't care your bloodline. He cares your spirit line. Caleb chose to join to the children of Israel, and he became an Israelite because he got grafted in. I have almost never heard anybody teach on this. And it is crazy because, yes, we see Ruth got grafted in, but here, not only does it not mention the Kenazite part right here, he is the leader of the tribe of Judah. (laughs) Because why? Because he had a heart for Yahweh. There's no difference between him and a blood Israelite because he got grafted in. And I have referenced so many times Ezekiel 47, and we have talked about other scriptures that we've already read. But remember, if you choose to follow Yahweh, if you were not a blood descendant of Abraham, as long as you join to Yahweh and you cleave to him and keep his covenants and join to his people, you become an Israelite. I just love that picture right there. Verse 7. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal the son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea the son of Nun. Now, Hoshea... Moses changed his name to Yehoshua or Joshua. So many of you understand that. Please stop right here for a moment because many of you already know this story. There are two of these men who will enter the kingdom of Israel, but the rest of these spies do not. And remember, we know it's Caleb and Joshua. Do you notice that Caleb represents Judah. He's the head of Judah here. And Joshua, or Hoshea here, is representing the tribe of Ephraim. The two houses of Israel will break into two kingdoms known as Judah and Ephraim. That's amazing. If you can see the picture, it's awesome. Keep following in scripture. This story gets better. The more we get into scripture, there's just this huge story that's so beautiful. So I just want to remind you because many of you know the story and we're going to keep reading. So we're going to get to the part, but these spies sin, but Judah, Caleb from Judah and Joshua from Ephraim get to go into the promised land. And Caleb, who rules Judah, who is the leader of Judah, he doesn't rule it. He's the leader of Judah was not even actually a blood Israelite. He was Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite. Okay, this is getting better, isn't it? From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi. From the tribe of Joseph, that is the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, the son of Susi. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Because Joseph had two sons named Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph's tribes got two portions because he received the firstborn blessing. Remember to put all these scriptures together all the way back from Genesis. Okay, are you following? Joseph has two sons here. Ephraim got a portion. Remember, Joshua was the leader there. And now Manasseh 
So I hope the dots are connecting. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamali. From the tribe of Asher, Sethur, the son of Michael. Michael. <laughs> From the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of um, Vofsi. From the tribe of Gad, Guel, the son of Maki. Do you notice which tribe did not send a spy? There's 12 tribes listed here. But there's actually 13 portions. The tribe of Levi didn't send anyone. Do you notice that? Well, now you do. <laughs> okay, these are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua or Yehoshua. It is the same root word, Yod, Shin, Ayin, the same root for the word of our Messiah, Yeshua. Then Moshe sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land, or that, that's the kind of the word that means to search out or look around, from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built 17, seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and Eshkol means clusters. So there's probably a lot of grape clusters here. And there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. Can you even imagine how big that grape cluster had to be for two men to have to carry it on a pole between them on their shoulders? Or wherever, I guess they didn't carry it necessarily on their shoulders, but I just imagine that being the easiest way. That's pretty amazing. I just, I can't even believe it. That would be just so amazing. And I love grapes. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. So remember, Eshkol means cluster or like cluster of grapes. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Here again is the number 40. We always have these 40 days and 40 nights of the flood. We had 40 days and 40 nights of fasting for Moses. And again, Yeshua, Jesus, we know, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. That number 40 is often symbolic of a wilderness experience, a learning, a humbling experience. Now, these men were to be strong and courageous. They were supposed to be courageous. And during this time, they're going to be being tested. And we're going to see many of them fail. Verse 26, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now remember, of course, that's symbolic. <laughs> Cows aren't just like milking into the streets and honey's not just oozing over through the rivers. It's symbolic of of just 
opulence in, in, in food. You know, it's just, um, not opulence is not the right word, but it's just, it's abundance. So it, it really has an abundance of milk and honey. Now, spiritually, milk and honey represent a few things. Milk represents the milk of the word, or milk is actually a perfect protein, and it contains everything a human needs. And it's a baby survives simply on milk. So milk is a a very nutritious substance that is easy to partake in. And even babes can partake in it. Honey is sweetness. And the word of God, there's a lot of connection to the word for the word, the var, and the word the vash, honey. And 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 there's um when you look at for the bumblebee and the word for honey in Greek, in Hebrew, I'm sorry, it is very much linked to the word for the word of God and honey are very much linked is what I'm trying to say. And the word of God is to enter us like honey. And when we see Yahweh speak to the prophets, they, he shows sometimes that the word will be sweet in their mouth like honey, but then it will turn bitter in their stomach sometimes because God's word is sweet like honey. And we are to have the law of kindness under our tongue like honey. Like that's what he's always shown me. That's to be like honey sweetness coming out from our mouth. And honey is super good. It's um, antibacterial and has so many good properties for us. So yes, there are spiritual things in the milk and honey itself, but it, right here, it is specifically referencing just the abundance found in that land. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Okay, of course, we know those Palestinians, Philistines still dwell there today. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So he has faith. He has courage. Like, come on, let's go. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Whoa! Did they just forget the God who parted the Red Sea? Did they just forget the God who killed the firstborn of Egypt? Did they just forget the God who fed them manna, feeds them, currently was feeding them manna every day? Oh my goodness, we do the same thing to Yahweh today. We push his hand away. We run to doctors. We run to here or there. Forgetting that our God is the God who spoke this world into being, who gives life to everything. Nothing can touch us unless it has come through his hands. Look at the story of Job for proof of that. Paul didn't need a doctor to heal his eyes. He needed Yeshua. Yahweh was speaking to him. Let us be brave and courageous. We can walk this out. We can walk out his Torah by his spirit. The modern day Christian movement are the 10 tribes trying to bring us down. Trying to say, you can't do it. You cannot obey God. You cannot do it. But Caleb and Joshua, Judah and Ephraim, the true believers and children of Yahweh, say, yes, we can. Our God, if we have found favor in his sight, our God will help us with his spirit. It's not in our strength. It's that our God goes before us and does it for us. So may we always 
have that spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Okay, I get really passionate about this particular story. Of course, I get passionate kind of about all the Bible. If you ever have talked to me in person, you know that. Um, I try to be a little more calm on the podcast, but I got a little bit worked up there. But I just, I just love Yahweh so much. Okay, verse 31 again. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Have you ever heard a Christian say, Oh, you can't obey the law. Don't even try. You can't do it. Jesus did it. You don't have to, which is a lie. Satan, Satan, remember, he always says, Did God really say this? We already read the verses that said it's forever. And God already said he would give us strength and help us. So don't believe anybody who says, well, you can't do it. You can't do it. Of course, we're not perfect. I get it. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before him. But I know that the God who died to save me surely has the power to help me overcome Satan's deceptions. Okay, verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. It's kind of a cliffhanger. <laughs> they left this chapter on a cliffhanger when they uh, cliffhanger when they divided the chapters, and I don't know why they would divide it right there, but it doesn't even make sense. But obviously, these men are sinning. They did not have courage. They are not showing courage as they were commanded to do. But you get out there, and you be courageous to fulfill all the words of Yahweh's Torah. God bless you all.